Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Natalie Willis. And I'm Victor Rubio. <laughs> nice. I didn't know if you were going to catch on to that. Yeah, I'm pretty smart. Well, usually you have something lined up where you're like, oh, I'm right at that nut. Or, I'm <laughs> Actually, these wish. days I like to be known as the cross-stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cross-stitching my little heart out. Yo, cross-stitch something for the podcast. Yo, I'm got. You just gave away your Christmas gift. Damn it. Darn it. But it, really, it's not going to be delivered till next year because that's a big one. We are here for the season four finale, episode 12, titled Untitled. Just a quick, we have to get into some stuff before the, uh, the episode, but a quick thought about this episode, this finale, rather. It's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. This, and you said this is your favorite one, and I can see why. Yeah, the, the last scene about Nathaniel and David is just my favorite thing ever. <laughs> uh, the last scene with David um, made me cry. Yeah. I, I finished watching this about an hour and a half before I came over here. Yeah. I'd watched a little bit this morning, but somebody needed to be at work on time. Yo, let me, hold on. I'm going to cut you <laughs> off right there. I've spent way too much time with you today. From we the have minute, spent a lot of time together from today. From the minute I woke up mm-hmm. till right now, mm-hmm. we're, we're recording at 8 o'clock uh-huh. and we have about 12 hours 12 ago. Hours. About 12 hours ago. Let's talk about our day today. Let's, let's not. Let's, go, let's get into the podcast. What? I was just going to tell you how wonderful of a best friend you are. Thank you. I had 12 emotional breakdowns today between 8 and 8.20. <laughs> Tears rolling down my face. Yes. And thank you for listening and shaking your head and trying to throw yourself out of the car so the first <laughs> uh so a couple things i want to get through before we get to the actual episode one i want to shout out our friend gabby love I, her i heard what you gabby. said i heard what gabby. you said hold on i heard what you said about episode 11 you weren't feeling good bro come at me bro oh you weren't feeling good that, that one's just boring. that one's just for our friend gabby we love gabby. uh i want to reiterate what i said on last week's podcast that on december 31st i'll be on um neil mcgarry's podcast nitpicking the next generation uh having never watched star trek i'll be doing an episode on that and i'll you know post out the links and everything when that happens lastly we got some really nice messages last night from a jeanette diddens oh she is a i want to talk just a little bit about it she said she's a social worker Mm -hmm. and she deals with heavy stuff kind of like we do and she said that you know she uses comedy and whatnot as like a relief and she also told me that she has a podcast called humanology and it's actually it's cool that she uh, she does like a podcast i don't know what the how how often she does it but they're like short little clips there it was like between five and 15 minutes Mm -hmm. she has this one episode called running and the entire podcast she just talks about how much she likes running and what it does for her and it's funny like the little quirks uh i don't know when when i haven't worked out in god knows how long you're a runner though you like to run but i haven't ran in how long but it's just funny she goes over like just the weird stuff you start thinking when you're whatever uh when you're working out uh I, i recommend just listening to like three episodes uh, I really coming from a social worker who like deals with heavy stuff and just 
I, I don't I don't want to label it for her, but kind of like a self help podcast. Okay. It was really cool, yeah. and just coming from someone who she was like she loved the podcast. Um, she's like you know she said she seeks comedy as a release from everything, and she loves our podcast. So that's a, a credit to you as well. Um, Thanks, so it was really bro. really cool that she reached out, and I definitely recommend her podcast. It's not something you have to dedicate like this podcast. You have to dedicate an hour of your day to our mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Hers it was just something you know. 10 minutes that's my ice machine i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> uh so i just wanted to to you know let her know that thank you for for writing in and just nothing but just great stuff that podcast her podcast is going to go into my listen list very definitely cool. yeah. it's really cool and it's very well produced she uh, adds all these sound effects um really cool and she i think maybe part of the reason why she wrote in is because she said that this episode's her favorite oh okay and that the final scene is just you know it's so pretty beautiful. heavy mm-hmm. episode it is extremely heavy i think this was heavier than that's my dog too in in certain ways yes that's my dog was just heart-wrenching yes this is like you know um i guess we can get into it let's get into it the death capsule um ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that is gory well let me say did you i i, I feel like i do this every week and i did not see any symbolism let's just lay it out there folks didn't see any symbolism We'll see if you follow me here then. Okay. Uh, we see that this guy, I forget his name. I never wrote it, but he's been stuck in an elevator. They are, they're all stuck in an elevator. First question, have you ever been stuck in an elevator? No, but when I saw that scene, it made me think of M. Night Shyamalan's movie. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, remember Devil when they were in the elevator? I don't. I never saw oh, it. Oh, well, he's a fantastic director. But this, when that opening scene reminded me of that, and I thought, oh, Lord, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. It's very good. Very scary. No, I'm stuck in an elevator. Thank God. Yeah, me neither. And that would be awful. That'd be awful. So we see that the guy is, is cut in half. And actually, we, we do get some embalming stuff to talk about because we yes, see we David embalming, David embalming him. But um, the the idea of like you're, you're, you're separated from your better half, that there's like a literal disconnect, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean... Brenda feels separate from Nate. Yes. Keith accompanying or rather not accompanying David to yes. see Jake in prison. Uh, George being just on a whole Ruth other... Ruth is totally separated <laughs> from George right now. Yeah, you know. Um, but also kind of like the other half being Maggie, mm-hmm. who we come to find out. And even Hoyt separates himself from the family, if you think and about Claire it. And Claire is separating herself from her friends. Oh, you know what? I didn't even pick life. up on that. Look at that. That's that's why I'm here. So I when when I saw that because I was like, oh, this is very specific of a a death. It wasn't um, or saying it wasn't like to 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 dismember someone. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? Mm-hmm. Is pretty like there's to me. I, I just felt like oh, there's a there's something that they want to say here, and then it just kind of picking up. Everyone's very separated. Uh, I guess besides Nate and Brenda, and I guess everyone stays separated, but. Just the idea of like, you know, your better half or your other significant other just being disconnected from you, you know, your yes. half your body. Um, again, sort of like last week, I'm, instead of going right to the first scene of the episode, just to, to talk about it, uh, at his at his, the arrangements, his ex-wife of 25 years um, saying that she has nothing to do with the funeral and whatever. I still don't even know how she was called or found. Or well, where that's what there, I, I guess my point to bring up is yeah. like, why would she even be there? Well, they said that she was the emergency contact, but still, I, I don't but see the I don't ha, see the, the medical last, examiner releasing. When's the last time though we, we never you, you reach never. like this this you would lead you would be led to believe there was no children, 
right. no brother, no sister, right. no, no family whatsoever. Yeah. No one like, and just, just how it looks here and we have it on the TV. Let's assume it's a corporate work building. Like yes, no coworkers knew about whoever this guy's name was. Ever remarried. It just seemed odd that of 25 years, because she said it at first, like, I didn't even know who you were talking about. Right, right. You know? It was strange. It was very strange. Um, so yeah, that that was just sort of pointed it out to me that... And then both of them making arrangements again together. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just a... I guess it's just going to be a thing now. To factor in. It, it's always been a thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I didn't bring it up till, till, till then. Um, our episode starts out with this explosion when George and Ruth are sleeping in bed. Did you know this was a dream? Not at first. I didn't know it was a dream until they looked out the window and I saw complete and utter chaos. Yeah, yeah. And I realized this has to be a dream. And I mean, this has kind of been George's life lately. Yes. You know, it makes so much sense for him having this type of dream. Um, what he's dreaming, like destruction, the aftermath, and what really stuck out to me was the, the sirens. Mm-hmm. Like, that must be awful to live in that paranoid state. be terrifying. Like... That's his dreams. Like, usually you have bad dreams. We all have bad dreams, and it's something you're worrying about, whatever. Just those sirens was like, God, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, the woman in his dream. Do you know who the woman is in his dream? Well, she comes across as a motherly figure. I thought it was his mom, but I've, I, uh, I was just kind of reading to find out who it truly was. And they said that it never comes clear as to who she is, but they definitely give the mother tone, the mother overtone to who she is. Well, let me say... I, I, do you mean for this episode? For this episode, okay, because right, we right. do we do find out who yeah. she is. Yeah, but at first I kind of thought it was it may have been an ex-wife, but it was her outfit that was right. older, and it so I naturally assumed based upon her clothing that that could that was old, you know, older mm-hmm. generation, and that could be his mom. And let me say, I mean, I know she is dead. Mm-hmm. whoever this woman is. Mm-hmm. But again, sort of, I mean, we go from the guy cut in half into this scene. So again, if I'm just going to keep sticking that symbolism point of like, this yeah. woman is George's other half. I mean, right. we see later, she's even talking to her. Yeah. You know? How do you want to divvy up? However you want it. Because kind of want to save the important stuff. I guess, you know what? We could, we could, we could do uh, Ruth and George. Uh, and we learned that George's daughter, Maggie is coming into town. Mm-hmm. And she becomes a character in season five. Do you know that? No, I remember. No, I remember Maggie, and I remember Maggie has been a, a big impact. I got to tell you, like season four, I just really didn't recall. So even when I was watching this today, I was shocked by what happened and um and the outcome of it. It was like it was like watching it for the first time. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even have like regulation about other than I know that Maggie plays a big part in the next season. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I know about her. I I, I didn't know we were going to meet her at this season, but I just know she is a big part yeah. of of season five. Um, when when they meet her at the restaurant and we see George and Maggie hug. Yeah. Um, did you catch like the look from Ruth? No, I did not. It's it, she. It, it's nothing. It's nothing huge or big. It's just sort of like, I feel like she wishes she had that connection. Mm-hmm. Well, even when he was on the phone with her, I know that she, in the back yeah. of her head, she yeah. thought, oh, I'm going to be left out of this. Right. Another right. part of his uh, life that I'm not going to be a part of. Right. You could see that tension building up. Yeah. And then he said, why don't you come to lunch with us? So she was a little relieved by it. Yeah. No, I did not catch that look. But I can understand that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, wow, look why how she's much. Going, look why how she happy. felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maggie brings some medicine and Ruth asks, is he sick? 
It seems like Maggie brought a Z pack. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Marissa said the same thing, and you and the I don't know if you caught it on the last episode. You were like, I think someone needs a Z pack. You said yes. that to me. I didn't God know what a Z pack. I didn't know what a Z pack was, and Marissa told me. I was like, yes. Oh my god! And then that's what Marissa said. That like when I saw that, I was like, Z-pack. Oh, he just got a Z pack. They're three dollars. Was that new at the time in two thousand four? Well, I've you know, as a girl who's had bronchitis uh, every year, yes, a Z pack. I don't remember taking a Z pack back in those days. I got some, some other antibiotic, uh, but I don't remember Z pack. Mm-hmm. So I think it is new, newer. And, right, right. And we get a look from Maggie like she knows what Ruth doesn't. Did you pick right. up on that? Like to me, Maggie felt like she was inferior to Ruth and she's daddy's best friend and she knows what's going on and she's just kind of leaving Ruth in the dark about stuff. She's leaving Ruth in the dark, but inviting her in a little bit. Like she's kind of like protecting dad. Does that make any sense? I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Okay. Oh, oh you're going to disagree? Shocker. <laughs> well, no, I... <laughs> Shocker. I, I just think... Blah, braggy, I was going to say. Maggie... We George, something's up with George. Yes, Obviously. clearly, right? And I think when Ruth is asking, "Are you sick? What's this medicine for? And what's that iron potassium that he orders online?" Yes, and Ruth has no idea what's going on. I think Maggie. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> Are you gonna decline again? Or I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna again? Okay, well, nobody's surprised. I'm gonna completely shut down what you're thinking. Okay, Used because to it. then after that, when Maggie realizes Ruth doesn't know what's up. She's helpful. Well, she gives him all her numbers. Bit. But then why didn't she... Bro. That's the first time they're meeting. George went to the bathroom. Okay. And you know the hot topics happen when the person leaves the table. Come on. Okay. I would have turned and been like, yo, Ruth, listen, this is what you got coming for you. So the first time you're meeting her, they probably... Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> that would like, never, yo, Mag. That would Thanks, never, bro. Let me say, <laughs> Maggie probably assumed Ruth knew something was up with uh-huh. George. And when she realized she didn't, I think that's such an awkward conversation to have. As soon as at the first time you're meeting the the daughter, as soon as she gets up, just being like, "Yo, listen, George is fucking nuts." Mm-hmm. Like, no way. So, and then he gets back from the table, like, "Hey, so how was you know how was right?" So rock hunting. I'm just gonna say this. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you. Great. Thank I just you. wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point. As I, I, usual. I, I, <laughs> Devil's advocate. I don't know. It's not on Maggie at this point in the restaurant. It's not on Maggie to let Ruth know like George is a lemon. Yo, think you're you're completely wrong about that. At that point, they just I, met. That's why she said, "Hey, here's my numbers." Just kind of like, and she called her. And you should give her the give Ruth a wink, wink. Like, girl, you better call me a little bit later on today because I got She's, some things to tell but you. I mean, <laughs> she need, but she said it because she, she said she said, you know, you can trust me. Yes, I'm his ab- better half. Okay. Okay. Respectfully, disrespectfully agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think I have a quick more like Maggie wants to tell her, but okay. Um, the woman in, in the blue dress, because um, we, we get that moment where George is talking to like literal air. Correct. You know, um, you know, and if we just kind of track what's been going on with George, just sleeping in the bomb shelter. And he loves that bombshell. <laughs> yes. How, how excited George. and how he just uh, sidetracked all of Ruth's plans to go to this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth knows there's a problem because that's when she calls Maggie. Yes. Um, and it's something she definitely knows she's on. I think anyone, I think even like a therapist <laughs> is unqualified to take on George. I don't know how you treat this. 
I don't even know what it is. I don't is. think a therapist is unqualified. I think that's I who think needs to treat it. Right. It's paranoid schizophrenia. That is that that is what it is. I mean, uh, while I may not be a professional okay. based upon my WebMD searches, right. it seems like yes, <laughs> that is what that is. Is treated by many forms of therapy mm-hmm. and medicine mm-hmm. and therapy. Okay. So a therapist is best qualified. So there's there's two things of therapy. There. Okay. Uh, let's go to David. Uh, we're we're going to end the, the okay. one, you know, yeah, yeah. in the final montage, whatever, the, the end. Uh, David is in his dream, is in a police station doing a, what do you call that? A lineup? A lineup. Do they still no, do I've that? No, I've never done that. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> I have never been in a lineup nor gone to a lineup. But is that is that a thing? I, I feel like this know. is like just... You asked me some of the weirdest things like, do you know what it feels like to be on Christmas? Yeah, but you know what? You lie do half you? the time. Okay. <laughs> and you know... I, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm in all respect, fairness, I'm going to respect, respectfully disagree with you right now. In all fairness, as long as you've known me, you know that I did not... I would have... That first night I met you, I'd be like, yo, guess what I got to do? A police lineup. I know. But Either being in one or have to go one. Sometimes I say, have you done this, whatever? And you say yes. And you're really good at <laughs> bullshitting me. And then I, when I go to listen back, I'm like, she has no idea I what she's talking about. a creative mind. Okay. <laughs> so you have done a lineup. No, I've not done a lineup. Nor math. No, no, what is the other thing you asked me one time? Um, God. I don't know. Uh, kill anyway. me. <laughs> you kill me. Um, I don't know. I, I was just wondering if that's... Because, I mean, you have to grab six people... Do you have I to, think do you, are those paid positions because I need a part time job to be a, to be a, a cr- how no you need to be paid <laughs> okay don't hey you, you're hey. always gonna look like a certain criminal and it has <laughs> no, to fit no, no, this no. range they, but listen I, it's a process of elimination right so it's got to be a paid position where they get people like like how they pay professional pallbearers in New York right so like my little They're side not jo- wanted for crime I know that but they get random people to come in and mix things up and see if the person you know you can't just always throw six criminals in a room you never you may never have six criminals at one time I just somebody call it, me on myself and I'm like hey we need you to be in a lineup I just thought it was more okay. of like these are six people that fit the profile of what this crime was committed well and we have to bring you in to pick you up in a lineup I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You apparently think who? these are pallbearers. <laughs> I don't think they're pallbearers. I just think it might be a, a paid position, part time. Maybe we should ask somebody who does know that. Is this a paid part time position? I. I, I and work, if so, I how work, can I get I that job? I work at Walmart and I get picked out of police lineups. <laughs> That's how I afford. Seems this like home. a pretty easy job to me. David picks number three. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why I bring that up because if you remember when when Nate uh, Lisa was missing. Lisa says to Nate in one of his dreams, the number three is not important or the number three is important either mm-hmm. or as is that a tie in? I have no idea, but I just remember that number three thing. Um, what let the, the idea here of like Keith, you know, knowing David is still reeling from all of this, the attack from Jake and everything suggest David to go see Jake in jail. Uh, would you say confronting your fears sort of thing? Yeah. Do Pretty you, big step that he took doing well, that. Do you agree with Keith? Like, if you if go face it or how do you feel? No, I'm I feel strongly about facing fear. So you think you're you're with Keith that he should have David like maybe you should. Go I think to the David jail. made a very good decision to go and face him. Yeah, yeah. To me, it was a closure. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, he's been reeling over this for how long, playing different scenarios, and it had. I mean, the poor guy has PTSD as a result of this. I do think it was a good idea. <laughs> we just saw the lineup scene. <laughs> Listen, I would know that I'm not getting picked. Okay, but I'm just there. Process What's the of elimination. Purpose of them being there, so they could, so the person could be like, "Well, no, it's definitely not number five. 
What if they pick you? <laughs> um, I need paid. to memorize your phone number because you got to come get me out. <laughs> and you're my alibi. I love Keith. I love Keith this whole episode just for being like so strong. He seems for, like a different person. Yeah. And, and I mean. He seems compassionately strong. And yeah, there, there's been a whole tonal shift with I, him from I like completely last episode. think that his uh, career being a police officer and so forth, his training has really brought him to this point i mean mm-hmm. to me sometimes it, it feels like he's he works with david like he would somebody that he has to help i like that and it's not done in an antagonistic way or anything not but at all. no but when he says like i can't tell you what to do yeah he can. like i feel like in the past that would have been like a huge fight but here it's just like if you want to go see him see him whatever but i'm not going to tell you you know because mm-hmm. um, even david says like you know you you love telling me what to do like, yeah. yeah but like this time like no uh so they, when david confronts jake in jail um, that first line where Jake is just like, who are you? Yeah. That has to be so awful. Yeah. Because David can't forget him. And then the guy, but the guy playing, the guy's a psycho. Yeah. He played, yeah. he played that. He knew who he knew who he was. He revealed it within like two seconds later. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the dark Knight, the 2008 Batman movie with the Joker? No. Sorry for my phone. No, I have not. Um, the 2008 Dark Knight, the reason why the movie's so good. All right, come Yo. on. So popular. Jesus. <laughs> um, um, that's Price Hopper telling you a flight is cheaper. <laughs> Quit playing us. Okay. Um, the Dark Knight, the, 2000, the reason why it's one of like the greatest films is the villain, the Joker, and it's the first time they kind of did this with him, is just the idea of like, there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. In the end, he just wants to create chaos. But there's nothing, there's no purpose in in, in this storyline particular and just always, there's always a purpose. You know, the bad guy wants to defeat the world or wants to kill whoever. Jake has no purpose. Like he just, there was nothing to what any, like even in here in jail, he's, he's like you said, he's fucking crazy. Yeah. He's you know, like, psychopath. When are you going to come back and visit me? Yeah. If anyone deserves an apology, it's me. Yeah. That's insane. And did you bring it's, me anything? It's literally insane to think like yes, that. Yes, it know? is. It is. Um, and he has zero remorse for what he did to David. Yeah, yeah. he's more he's more upset that he's being. Uh, I don't even know he's what in, he's upset about. He's he's having to be clean right now. He's going through. He's yeah. yeah he's going through withdrawals. He's he's he, he Jake feels like the victim in this one. Well, right, right, and that and that's what I was like. That's crazy. He he literally like flipped it on David. Like he sure did. You should apologize to me. That's right. And did like, you bring me anything? Yeah. You know that he deserves the apology. Like, yeah. That's crazy. And when are you going to come see me next? Yep, you're right. This guy doesn't think. Uh, I just, I wonder, and again, I, I could speak, I could speak about it from the terms of this didn't happen to me, but I wonder if it's any release of guilt. I, I can't come up with a better term of, well, you know what happened to me? And because David says like, I always feel like I'm going to be humiliated. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's any solace that to find out that he's like literally this crazy. No, I think that that was a huge thing. And I think that that just brought him a ton of closure. And I also think that Jake made a comment too, when he was talking to him about maybe you won't be so trusting of people. Life lesson. Yeah. A terrible life yeah. lesson. But I bet David will never pick up a hitchhiker again. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, to, to go this route, to learn that lesson. It's but, a, it's, I'm just saying like for no, when no. he said that, it made me think, yeah, I mean, there's things that happen to all of us in our lives that it changes our mode of thinking. And yeah, yeah I bet David definitely is not as trusting no, as he uh, once was, point. not as naive towards people as he could have, as he could, he was at one point. Uh, I guess we could quick mention of Roger trying to hire Keith as a security yeah. to feel safe. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't remember. I think he's a film producer, Roger. And we know that. evil man. Um, is he like a man whore? Because that, that. No, he's. No, he's. He just. He pays for everything he wants. Because, I mean, that, that guy. Who was hot. I have him down as a hunk of meat. Like, he's that a guy. hunk of hunk of burn of love. Yo, and we see. We see it. Uh-huh. Oh, I, <laughs> I saw that. And I thought. I mean, we hmm. see it. And it's kind of. It's still. Never mind. Nope. That's, not going there with you. <laughs> not going there with you. I saw that. Um, I guess credit to Keith for working to drop his drop the lawsuit, taking care of his man, yeah, taking care of his husband, um, absolutely. And I'm sure that's that what will... you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just seems a crazy way to go about it, but yeah. but it's not Keith that's initiating this stuff. It's the it's true, it's him. True, it's Roger. True. Roger's insane as well too. Uh, and I'm saving the end of these stories till the end. Okay. Just so when we go over that, uh, to move to Claire, Claire's making calls for her upcoming art exhibit. She's on it. First off, in her room, she has that iMac yeah. all-in-one. Do you remember that? I remember that. Did you ever have one? No. I had a knockoff e-machine. Do you remember e-machine, the brand? E-machines. So e-machine made one, almost that same exact color, like turquoise mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to, is it CompUSA? Was that the store or Comp that, City? That is, CompUSA was a store, yeah. Comp, okay, so we got it from CompUSA and I was yeah. so excited. I just got a brand new computer. I remember taking it out of the box, put it, I downloaded my songs from Napster at uh, Winamp. Do you remember Winamp? No. It was an MP3 player. I used it for about six hours uh-huh. right out of the box. I mean, the box was still next to it, like yeah. wires still like whatever, just, you know, doing a AIM, AOL, even yeah. as we see here. Yeah. Literally went on fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> the inside started smoking. Are you serious? The screen was still on and it started smoking. I'm like, what's that smell? Did you get your money back? Uh, yeah, we returned. They got yeah. our money back, whatever. Yeah. Um, but literally six hours out of the box started smoking. Like the screen went blank and mm-hmm. I had to like literally like... That's really blow funny. On it. Um, no, I never had one. Nice. I always wanted... Do you remember... Did you ever watch Sex in a City? Here and there. Fantastic show. Okay. Carrie Do you Brad- want to do a podcast on that? <laughs> if we do digging sex digging in the city. Digging sex in the city. <laughs> uh Carrie Bradshaw had the new like MacBook with the colors. Kind oh, of like yeah, but yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I wanted. That's funny. That's what I wanted. Uh we learned that Anita had broke up with Russell and she brings some cocaine for Claire. No, I have not done cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> let's just stop you here the podcast will work so much more efficiently that when i bring something up that you think i'm gonna ask okay. you just no i did it no, no i did it yes just, i did yes i did um thank you you're welcome that was my next question so let me just x that out here um <laughs> this show how funny it took me a few it took me like three seconds just because i had like a blank slate because we learned that Claire, there's a celebrity coming into it. Yeah. By some of. Do you, mean, do you know who it was? It took me like three what? seconds, and then I had to ask Marissa, like, "Is that um, Nicole Richie?" Definitely knew who that was. Yeah, but I, like, I haven't seen her in so. Is she still relevant or no? I or relevant in the know. way that every celebrity that, is relevant. Oh, she has. Um, she has a clothing line called House of. Oh my gosh! I want to buy shoes from there. Not important. Okay, um, she has a clothing line, House of Harlow. Sure. I think that's named after her daughter, so she's re- relevant in the designer world. But from those were the the sim- remember the um what was it with Paris Hilton the simple Walmart? No, that's yes, that was Paris that said that. But it was that show, The Simple Life, where okay. they these the rich you know those two rich people went and lived you know like sure. me and didn't okay. know that Walmart doesn't sell walls. Uh, I love how this art appraiser is like waxing poetic about what Claire's work is and everything. And we learn later that Claire really actually has no idea no what idea. this is. Yeah. Um, 
to me, the way Claire responds, mm-hmm. that's what art is to me. I, I don't get art either. Yeah. I mean, I think it's beautiful. I like art, but I still, like we've said before, if I'm staying in the museum, I'm like, huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get any of this. I mean, Claire's work is cool. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't define it as nice. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd want it in my house. There is like a, 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 a talent to it, whatever the hell. I like Claire's stuff. I'd want that in my house. It's beautiful. But like, how do you, how is that? What's the difference between it being 50 bucks or like 5,000? How the I fuck do no I know? Idea. You know I what no I mean? Idea. How much do you put a, a, a price tag on time or whatever? I don't know. That's just always been, been uh, art to me. Uh, I guess, <clears throat> excuse me. And another callback to it being 2004. We see that Billy and Claire are talking on aim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you had aim. Well, you were supposed did. to say it. You oh, yeah. I already had Abe. I had Abe. And I had like 17 different screen do you names. Remember, do you remember some of them? Because I could rattle off like seven of them. Oh, let's hear yours. Yo, you're dead wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> really dumb. X Victor. Oh, Lord. X Victor RX. Oh, Lord. Um, then just my full name. <laughs> yes. Um, I was obsessed. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I was obsessed with Puff Daddy and Mace in 1997. Oh, were you? And their album. And no doubt. Puff <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Don't forget that. So Puff Daddy's album that came out in 1997 was No Way Out. Mm-hmm. And Mace's album in 1997 was called Harlem World. Mm-hmm. So my screen name was NWO for No Way Out. Mm-hmm. HW for Harlem World. Mm-hmm. Six. Six is my favorite number. And I had so many different screen names based on... Oh, my God. Yo, You're Dead Wrong is a Notorious B.I.G. song. Uh-huh. Um, you can't remember any of yours? No. It's probably something dumb like... Natalish. <laughs> like Natalicious? Hey, excuse me. I'm walking off the show you right still, now. You still have these Natalicious. Natalicious is the most brilliant name ever. I had a dumb... It's better than X Victor XR. I had a dumb uh, aim name like Nat Loves Duncan. Or <laughs> <gasps> so uh, back to the show. I respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> Claire all of a sudden just starts doing massive amounts of coke. Massive. And did you hear Anita say that it was cut with meth? No, so it makes I didn't you feel important. That. Yeah, she did. And no, I have not. Yeah, right. she said that. She said, oh, for 20 minutes, you'll feel important. You're really getting the hang of this podcast. I got no, it. I haven't. Yes, no, I have. No, I haven't. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, Billy Billy brings up... Well, I mean, this this cocaine that we see allows her to like just go around and kind of like make... Sh- yeah, person. and just like make shit up about... She looks hot she looks great i love that outfit she love it great. yes um yeah those earrings great. fantastic uh, uh we get that moment where well i guess when she calms down or, or whatever the case is that billy you know tell me about your your piece or whatever and claire's just starts to go on and she's like i have no idea what yeah, it is yeah and that's sort of where we get this episode untitled from mm-hmm. and I, I like i still i i, I can't describe it i can't speak it Mm-hmm. But I, I still love that the episode is called Untitled. Mm-hmm. Um, I love season five, episode one. The episode title is a, a coat of white primer. Okay. Which I feel like is a great term. Uh, anyways, uh, I like I like Olivier showing up. Uh, oh, just one more thing on the Claire thing. I like that she says, when you give something a name, people take your word for it. Yeah. I think that's a nice... That is nice. I like I like Claire right now. I like her confidence. She's grown up. Yeah. She's. Um, I, I like her confidence. I like her newfound 
Claireness, so to say, mm-hmm. I did not like the people attacking her. But it's that old saying, you know, the people that are your friends are the ones that support you during successful and mm-hmm. encouraging, and the ones that aren't are the ones that are going behind your back wishing you. Are, are you referring fate. to Jimmy? All like, Olivier did it as well. I mean, uh-huh. people were just like knocking her down. The girl's successful. Pat her on the back. Say good job. Be proud of what she's done. Yeah. And just I didn't, I didn't like that. I, and but it's also her confidence is scaring people. Let me. There's a comment. I was going over the AV Club, um, John Teddy's review of this episode, and I was going through the comments. Someone wrote something really good that I want to read. Okay. Uh, whoever this person is, my if you're listening out there, please write in. I'll give you credit for it. Uh, she really lets the success of this show go to her head, but can you blame her? It's the first time her passion for art resulted in something tangibly successful like this, and it's exhilarating. Her admission of not knowing what any of it means is more than just her letting her hair down after the show. Great art often reaches greatness because it means so much more than just what the artist intended. And every developing artist has that moment when a creation not only works, but works so well in the eyes of others that he or she can only look at it slack jaw thinking, wow, I really made that. I always read Billy's I Know It Isn't Great, if you remember when Billy's like, yeah. you know, uh, as a recognition of that kind of moment, like she was in the real club. Uh, I just, uh, that like, kind of puts into, uh, it just puts into words that I can't. I've always I've always struggled with Claire's storyline. I think every week we kind of mm-hmm. put Claire to the side because I just I don't we do. I'm not like we do. I don't have enough to like. But there's her moment. It. This is her moment, and she let her be proud of herself. Let her yeah be to that on point top of though. The world. To that point though, I like when Olivier shows up, kind of to knock her down because she thinks she's like this hot. And even this is like her first show. So let her have this moment. I understand, but like Olivier's there to just be. And I I think to let someone have their moment totally cool. But I always say like. You know, life isn't lived on that high. Life isn't as low as you live it. It's like always in the middle. There's going to be great moments. There's going to be sad moments. For the most part, your life is always in the middle. Uh, I think Olivia is just there to kind of bring her down a little because she her head is, quote unquote, blowing uh, blowing up. Right. Um, <laughs> something I guess we always talk about with the Claire storyline. Uh, funny with contrast with Jimmy. Jimmy got her this exhibit. Mm-hmm. And after they have their little scuffle, Jimmy on the way out grabs Anita yes to presumably go sleep together yes this fucking love trying like is there no other good looking people in no Los Angeles? I, must not be good thing i'm not there yo did what about um uh also, no margaret's shirt did you pick up on that margaret's shirt the big flare around her did, did you <laughs> see anything in that what do you what about it well you know just the last episode she had a hysterectomy so her uterus it was like a gone. big vagina to me, it reminded me of the, of the walls of the uterus and vagina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I, when I saw it, I thought, oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that until you just said it right yeah. now. And that's, I just blurted out the word big she vagina. She looks great. She's happy, yeah. too. She's confident, too. Good yeah. for you. And she's being nice to Claire and so rewarding to Claire and so complimentary to Claire right in front of Brenda, who she's been beating up all of her life. Yeah, that's and true. And you can see Brenda gave her, that. Brenda gave her, didn't, didn't give Claire the stank eye, but gave her mom the stank eye, like, you've got it be kidding me it yeah. hurt her it I, hurt you know her. what i didn't even because she up had on that. just criticized that maya didn't like her and then claire comes That's and, so and here she is you know you're brilliant claire maya doesn't like you <laughs> not cool yeah, and her no. vagina shirt which is a fantastic shirt <laughs> love yeah. it that's a great point that I haven't even. That's what I'm here for. That's yeah. That is what you. I'm gonna have for. to respectfully say that that, that was you a good point. you won this. Yeah. Yeah, I won this. Won one. nothing, Natalie. Yeah, one zero. <laughs> uh, the final cr- confrontation between Russell and Claire. I don't know if Russell shows up in season five. I can't remember. But I hope we're done with Russell. I'm over yeah. Russell. Um, 
you know, and we just kind of learned that Russell was just trying to insert himself into Claire's life, and he is still mad about sure that and everything, uh, the whole abortion and whatnot. I love the line when Billy shows up and Russell just goes to him, you are so deeply irrelevant here. <laughs> that is a great... I love the little... That's a little, great insult. It is a great insult. I love the I'm little... I'm going to start saying that to you. Oh, you know what? You just hurt me. Let me tell you something. You, you're not... You're so relevant here. Nice. Yeah, one, one. Yeah. <laughs> We're one and one now. I will say that I have always wanted to be in a scenario, this is no lie, where I look at the guy and say... Okay, take me home now. After there's been like a big fight over me. I feel like it's never going to happen. <laughs> but when I saw that, I was like, damn, I wish that was me. Right. And I don't cuss that much on the podcast. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, I've had my moment. <laughs> we first see Rico in this room just you're turning red <laughs> why i didn't say I anything wrong you you want to yeah i want to one day you know pick up <laughs> literally pick up a girl by her back and her like how do you like were you carrying her and as i walk yes. away from a burning building yes an fire, officer and a gentleman what and then i take off with my cape yeah yes uh we first see rico in this room and it's just there's nothing on the Sad walls room. there's nothing he's sleeping on this like whatever yeah. bed um at least he's not sleeping on the embalming table right anymore. yeah step up uh, um it kills me that it took 13 episodes for this to happen. Yeah. It's like just like really bad writing in this storyline. I just feel like they hadn't, they didn't know what to do with Rico. They have no idea. And they could do so much more with Rico. Like, yeah, they really they could, could do I, so much more with Rico and Vanessa. I mean, there's, yeah. there's things there. So that, that it just kind of upset me that, um, and we get that quick scene where Rico's looking on from his car mm-hmm. afterwards. When Rico has a talk with the ex-wife of the deceased in the chapel. Mm-hmm. Basically, a combo like, you know, no matter what, family is family, whether it's a divorce or trials. Um, and I just think here, like, sort of that same thing with the, the elevator. Rico, Vanessa's his better half, yeah. whatnot, you know? Yeah. This prompts Rico to talk to Vanessa. Yes. Um, as heartbreaking and saddening as it is as Vanessa finding out, you know, finding out what happened, mm-hmm. what, what Rico was doing, I think this scene was more sad if that's the that's word wrenching it was to be told that you want a divorce is not a good thing rico rico finally apologizes he did and, and i think that he and like what we've been saying is that cheating what was spending time with her um sophia and, and the attention he gave her was worse than the physical mm-hmm. and i feel like that they acknowledge that mm-hmm. both of them here mm-hmm. i feel like that was the writers yeah. talking to it whatever yeah. um I just like that we get that like closure of it. We you get know? that closure. We get- she, it wasn't something stupid where she was more mad that they had sex than no. it was that the. It was that he took away his time right. that he could have been with his family, his kids, his wife, their money, right. and gave it to her. And it's what we've been talking about all since she first came into right, the right. picture. And it was good to hear Vanessa finally confront him and say that to him. And I, I guess I want to give credit to to Vanessa here, like the idea of like accepting the apology. Yep, she did. But as a single mother. She says doing it on her own, whatnot, not letting it change how she feels, mm-hmm. you know, where think about how easy it would be as a single mother with two kids in that house to just be like, well, you know what? We'll work through it. Yeah. Let's go back. Like Rico yeah. said, let's go back to the way it is. A credit to her for being like, I don't love you anymore. Like, yeah. I, want, I don't want to do this. Um, and that they got married young and yeah. things have just changed. And, and you know what it is? Like, this is not like a boyfriend or like even like a fiance where it's just like, you know what? We could could just kind of go our separate ways. No, like it'll husband. suck for a month or whatever, but you know, 
like that's her, that's, that's her, her husband, that's her wife, yeah. you know. Um, they have kids, they have a family. And I also thought it was equally as heartbreaking for Rico mm-hmm. just to be like, to show up there thinking you're going to apologize, you're going to do everything and, and it's going to be it's okay. gonna slowly yeah. get back together and she's like, actually, you know what? Nah. Nope. I mean, I guess we'll talk about Rico at the end of the montage even though there's not really much. Uh, would you prefer to go into the Nate storyline before everything that happened or if you want to talk about the uh, embalming the um, remains? Let's do the embalming the deceased. Well, let me say <clears throat> of what we see, it's a quick scene but I thought it, there was a lot for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh the show shows it right where you would embalm the top half and mm-hmm. the bottom half separately. Correct. First, let you me have say this. To. Have you ever had a case like this? A complete separation? No. Where you had to embalm two separate, whatever. No. I had I did have not something that well, I say the show got it right. Um that's a, such a clean cut. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a cut is never you know, it's it's uh, grungy it's mm-hmm. dirty it mm-hmm. never looks that clean and mm-hmm. this is Hollywood so it's like cleaned up um, we do see that there's arterial clamps mm-hmm. which is what I mean like they, they really get it right mm-hmm. and the reason why those clamps are there is they're clamping off certain arteries I forget the names I'd have to look at a chart to tell you is it the, the thoracic aorta yes <laughs> shut up <laughs> remember when you were like I never lie I never uh, lie <laughs> yes that, that is the artery correct uh <laughs> And basically why you're doing that is because uh, if those clamps were in there, they'd be going to the legs, the, mm-hmm. the legs, the lower extremities, let's say. Correct. Uh, but here the embalming fluid would essentially just, it would be a, a, a hose. It would yeah. just be coming straight out. Right. Here you clamp it so you can create, recreate yeah. distribution to Correct. everything in the, the top half. And it's not going to be a single point injection either. It's going to be multiple. Yeah, multiple. Point. Although I think the top half was... He only he only had only injected the carotid at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, everything was fine except that. Um, so I think he would have. I think it just would have been a one point. We just have to clamp off all those arteries. Yeah, but it, is, it was a multi-site injection. In, in terms of the top and bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and what we say by that is usually a, a normal, as quote unquote normal embalming as you can have would be a one point injection where you just also inject in a, a single point. Single. What did it's I say? Pro- one point. The professional term is single point. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Okay. Um, yeah. So here, you know, a usual, a person who let's just say not chopped in half or whatever, um, you would just inject the carotid artery if you get great distribution. If not, you have to go ahead and the areas that didn't get the embalming fluid and open up the arteries there to get there. Um, <clears throat> I, they, they t- uh, Rico talks about, or I guess it's Nate, where he's like, it's weird that you don't suture them together. Mm-hmm. I think a situation, uh, if you notice the legs are sutured, like he's sutured that off, mm-hmm. there's not enough skin for that to happen. Yeah, That is kind of, you would just sort of, uh, what's the term I want to use? Well, I still think you would put in the baseball stitch, but it's not going to be a clean together stitch, but just yeah, to keep just, the uh, extremities together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, there's going <clears throat> to be um, restoration that's going to happen, but families won't, won't know that. And it's just sort of too, a, a, and David kind of had already done it at that point that you would inject the bottom half mm-hmm. and whatnot. I guess my only other gripe with the scene is that there's a viscera bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, the viscera doesn't fall out. The vi- their viscera oh, was not even out. That that case wasn't posted. The viscera wasn't viscera wasn't even removed. But that's what I'm saying. That's like so. Yeah. Where do they they what just did, and yeah. we saw that his 
top half still had yeah organs and viscera in it so like right. where do they get it from so that's like my kind of one yeah but it's nice to show that like that is something when people like, ask oh what do you what happens to their organs or whatever when a case is autopsied which is not here it would be in a, a bucket like that being treated apart mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. your you know your normal embalming or whatnot um i just think the idea of like him being chopped in half you would think there's, we, there's we going to be blood. some loose there's going to be some loose um viscera that they i'm sure the medical examiner put in the red bag which is yeah. uh hazardous or hazardous waste bag. bag but um i don't the the case wasn't posted so yeah. really truly the viscera um container i don't know why it was being used other well i guess i do know why it was being used because if there was any viscera there was that was out some. then you have to treat that as well it kind of looked like the bag and was everything full. stays with the deceased you don't not put that back with yeah the everything it's it's correct whether it's at the foot of the casket you know in a, in it's a, with in a the box. deceased. It's with them. Yeah. You know, um, if you've ever heard of whatever, I'm not. It's even with the deceased. Uh, are you sufficed with talking about that? Yes. We can move to Nate. I guess the the main point of all this. Uh, Nate is freaking out about losing Maya, and Brenda says, you know, it's not good to be living in this conscious state of panic. Mm-hmm. The line Nate like yells at her, spits back to her. I guess I could say. Um, she's not your child. You wouldn't understand. That was heart. That that was mean. Um, that was mean, Nate. But I mean, he's he thinks he's gonna lose his daughter. Right. He's he's in full blown panic anxiety attack mode. Yes, I get that. Mm -hmm. Oof, that was mean. But he does he does apologize for that. Right, right, right. He does catch himself. Um, Brenda holds up this book stiff, and I've been asking you almost every other podcast of like, do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened? Mm -hmm. And how finally how this book was like a a teaser to it. Yes. Uh, reading around on comments and everything, it's, I think it's very poorly executed because there's nothing, there's no, they don't give you any insight or clue as to why she obtained that. No, no. As to, as to what we find out. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like usually there's like a season long thread where who's the killer. I always go to who's the killer because that's Uh like the most popular or whatever. Uh There was nothing like if we were back in 2004, we would have no idea that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is episode. And once Nate starts realizing whatever, then we all kind of catch on. But there was nothing about it. And then, well, we'll get there. Yeah, so we, we finally learn, you know, since the first episode that she had this book. Steph. Are we going to learn how Michaela obtained that picture and how she put two and two together? Because that was pretty deep what that child did. Uh, and, we don't. And, and, and when, whole... she's singing, when she's swinging on the swing, you can see the look of terror slash... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen slash, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there once Nate gets to the house. Yeah. But I mean, but does she, to answer your question, you don't ever find out like how the, she came across this, how she put it this together. This whole thing gets nothing, dropped. huh? This whole thing gets that's dropped. disappointing because that's, that's a story there. Well, I mean, this whole thing is disappointing because it's like, why didn't, why? L- let me ask you. Uh, I wanted to know more about what was happening there. L- let me, let me tell you, to the, let to me tell you something death. too that, that I had read. Uh-huh. Um, another comment that, you know, they kind of came up with this at the 12th hour, per se. Uh, Lily Taylor, who plays Lisa, had complained that if she knew Lisa was having an affair, mm-hmm. she would have played the character differently. Uh, this person goes on to say, I think the writers got stuck in the mud on this front, and the Hoyt thing was a reasonably plausible way to, to, to explicate themselves. Um, on top of it just being totally out of nowhere, yeah, using her as the, you know, whatever, uh, they could have kept... I don't know, with the book and, and, and the photo and everything. Uh, th- like I said, 
every ep- if you go back and listen to the episodes, there was like points in times where I was like, hey, him taking pictures, that's a little bit of a clue because mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, l- 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 let me just go scale back a little bit to, to get to that point. When Nate's on the couch, well, when David hands her, Nate hands David the book stiff and we see the bookmark of Lisa's picture. Did that ring a bell to you? Were you like, oh, now I remember or no? Yeah. Did you still? No, no, I, yes, actually I did. Now I knew what, I, I knew, okay, that's what happened. Right, right. That's where I got pieced together. Um, the moment when Nate is on the couch looking at the photo of Lisa, Brenda grabs it. Uh, th- when she says, I can't compete with a dead woman, that's like, that's like heart wrenching, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that's where we see that Nate finally realizes where the picture was taken. Mm-hmm. Again, sort of following the theme of, of the, the person being, it's not decapitated, is decapitated a head? Decapitation is uh, the head, dismemberant is when you use limbs. Um, from, from the death capsule being separated in half, dismembered. At first, Nate doesn't want to leave Maya, but then realizes Brenda's his other half. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of like she said, like, how are we going to have children if you can't even leave your daughter with me for one I, night? I just couldn't believe that he said, I'm going to take her to my mom's. And she's like, well, yo, whoa. But he's on like a, I, I, I don't blame him. He's in a panic him. mode. Like, but, but, panic. but, but he did catch himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that yes. he did. He, he realized mm-hmm. that to me shows that Nate, Nate's changing. He's, he's seeing Brenda differently. He's seeing yeah. this relationship differently. And we see how, he's getting it. and we see at the end of it, like what yeah. really, uh, I just want to take a quick moment to talk about, we've never talked about how cute these Maya twins are. I think they're adorable. These little—they're twins. Oh, are they? They have uh, any kid on a TV show like mm-hmm. this? They're mm-hmm. usually twins because you can only work them for like four hours a day. Yeah, and shooting and everything. Yeah. Uh, I just think a little girl's so cute, and we'll see more of her next season. Um, I guess we're at the point now when Nate gets to Barb and Hoyts. Okay. The first thing I want to say is when Nate parks and he starts walk walking. Look like a dream scene. Well, y- yes, and to that. Michaela on the swing is fucking creepy. I don't think it's creepy. We're gonna, but how gonna, convenient. We, we, we have we have the we have we have the the show running. I'm, when I hopefully okay. I can spot it out, it looked so creepy because yeah. she has like long hair and she's just like in a blue dress, not on like. Oh, the shining. Uh, Remember kind the of, twins? Kind of, what? Kind of. Um, Nate confronts Michaela and like she knows. Yeah, she has that look in her face. Just the way that she's kind of like, you should go talk to my. But like, she held it in for this long. How did she know? That's, Why did she never tell? That's mom? what I'm saying. Why aren't we going into the story more, folks at HBO folks. who wrote this <laughs> 20 years ago? Don't appreciate that. I mean, I don't know. I, I just <sighs> excuse me. It is such. How old do you want to make her? 12 yeah but kids listen kids can handle some heavy stuff okay they but, can adapt but, they can they process probably better than adults do it's okay but I, I think that's a total lie okay um like i could keep a secret right but it's taking me a long time to get to a point where i have to keep someone's like i know i really can't talk to anyone about this person's problem yeah when i when you're 12 you don't have that you're just like oh yeah you know Oh yeah, that. How did she never drop a clue like, "Oh, Daddy and Lisa's been whatever." How do like, we not know that? I mean, how do we not know that she didn't? How do you not know that she didn't try to drop clues to her mom, and her mom's be, is not admitting that Hoyt's having an affair? And, and I guess to it too, did she give this book to date to as Nate? last resource? Well, what I'm saying, she gave it back to her back in the funeral, back in the first episode. Yeah. Um, 
like, was she trying to tell Nate something? But uh, she remember that she asked again. Yeah, maybe she caught her dad and Lisa in a scenario, something happening, and then you know maybe she did try to drop clues. Well, let me let me go back for a little bit and, and follow me. Um, and it's kind of a, I've been listening to this podcast serial. Um, think about this: Hoyt took those pictures when they were on the beach. Mm-hmm. And then he got them developed and printed them after he did that? Yeah. And gave one to his daughter? Did he give it or did she take it? Well, he had them developed. And let me let me, let me put it like this too. Um, he was the only one with her that day. Mm-hmm. Why would you develop those pictures? Why do serial killers leave calling cards when they murder somebody? But Hoyt didn't want to get caught. Yeah. I just think it's, it's so... But that's the thing. You always get caught because you always make a mistake and here's this mistake. But this is a this is a really huge mistake. It's like, hey, well, I'm going to take pictures of a few moments before I killed her. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and I'm going to... No. Like, a, a, a clue is like, oh, have you ever been to whatever that place was? And mm-hmm. he's like, no. And then one day just being like, oh, yeah, I've been there once, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a slip of the mind. This is, I took the photographs, I have pictures of her, and I got them... It just, it's but, a, but here's it just the thing. Plot holes he all t- around. I, I hear you, but he took the photographs. He loved Lisa. But, he killed Lisa. But he killed her after the, he took those photos. I know that. And then he probably kept the photos because he still loved her. But the only reason why he killed her is because he didn't want to get caught. Right. With having an affair. But that was his little secret. And maybe Michaela went digging through the desk drawers or something and found it. I'm sure those pictures were hidden. Because I'm sure he didn't bring those pictures out in front of Barb and be like, when did you take this picture of Lisa? You just developed this. And there's our Christmas cookout involved with this. So maybe he did. And he hid those pictures. And Michaela found them. Yes, I know I'm right. (laughs) I appreciate you uh, uh, giving, trying to like put some reason to it. I just think it's a huge plot hole for Hoyt to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's assume it was a, 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 a fit of rage when he did it. You know, he got so mad. Let's assume he did, never killed anyone else. Okay. I think it's highly irresponsible. Everything. You have to be a certain level of dumb to go develop these pictures. You have to be a certain them. level of dumb to kill somebody. No, I, 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 I think I think anyone, anyone is capable of going into such rage that mm-hmm. you ac- accidentally... I don't mean purposely. I mean you you punch someone. Listen, uh, no one wants to punch people, yeah. but you get anger, you get rage, and my, you know, I punch some. I, I punch a boxer. My does nothing. I accidentally punch a a, a, a woman the mm-hmm. wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing. I'm just saying. I think anyone's capable of that. I just don't believe he was just like, okay, and I'm going to go with these developed. But maybe at that, so if you're saying that he did this in a fit of rage, maybe he developed those pictures to see her and he's been remorseful about it and he's been grieving about it. He's been looking, he's been replaying. Ah. He's been trying to justify. Again, I don't think these pictures were put out in the family album. I think they were hidden and Michaela found them. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, So we get the confrontation between Nate and Hoyt. Uh, I love this scene for a bunch of reasons. Like every word means something. Mm-hmm. There's like no filler here. Um, Hoyt got being from like really cool and calm. Yeah. To being like, how do I say? Just telling the truth about everything. He goes from mm. really cool and calm to then being aggressive towards Nate and blaming, you know, telling Nate that this is his fault and he was a bad husband to letting it all unleash. And, and to that, Nate is a hundred percent. He is strong and confident the entire time like yeah. something because then like i feel like hoyt throws the him and lisa thing yeah as a way face. to like disarm nate no, no no i think i think it was to like 
get him to back off. Like I'm coming here to like what happened to my TV mm-hmm. and I'm completely ignoring that you stole my my money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey man, I did steal your TV. I'm sorry. And I would never think about the money you stole from me. Mm-hmm. I just think it was a way for him to throw like, just like, all right. Because right after he says that, he goes like, come on, let's go take a walk. Let, let's forget about this. It's a big misunderstanding. Let's talk about it, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and Nate's there for like, Yo, what happened to my wife? What happened to Lisa? Yeah. You know, um, Nate, and I think why Nate is so strong about it because he's like Lisa would never kill herself. Oh, he's she would leave very me. Very adamant. About she would that. leave me. She would, she would leave never Maya. leave Maya. That's and what I, he says. Yeah, and I think that's why he was like, "What happened?" Yes. You know, um, and and him being that adamant leads him to to discovering the yeah, truth and to to Hoyt to give it up. Um, what gave me full satisfaction of this scene, and I remember the first time I watched it being so relieved, is that Barb is listening and yes. hearing all of it. Yes. Could you imagine Nate having just gone what he gone oh, through man. about with Lisa? Yeah. Having to explain to people, no, right before he killed himself, yeah, <laughs> uh, he, he confessed to everything. It's right. like, you're fucking insane. It only would cause even more problems for Nate. No, I'm glad she was in the background and heard that. I'm just sorry that. I'm just sorry that all of this happened. Yes, I, I'm just I'm sorry like, that Lisa's gone. From, I'm sorry that all of this happened. From an audience point of view, like it's so satisfying to know, like Nate. It's it's not Nate's word against everyone. Like he yeah, does, Barb saw it, whatever you know. So does this drop the whole whole storyline? It's done. No, I'm saying with the cremated remains, are we done with this all now? Done. Everything it's never gets, coming back up, gets, huh? Well, I mean, what power do you think Barb has? Oh, being she has that, none. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like this is done. This concluded it. What I meant is, what power does Barb have? Being that her husband is the one who killed That's Lisa. That's what I'm saying. She has none, but now this is done. Like, this isn't going to come back. The parents no. aren't going to bring it back. All Nothing. Done. It's done. Okay. I guess to comment quick on poor Barb, she lost her sister about a year ago, and now she lost her husband. And then she also found out that her sister was sleeping with her husband. So all and of her it. husband was sleeping <laughs> like, with her sister. And you know what's funny? I don't That's think a we, pretty I don't bad think day we, for Barb. I don't think we ever meet Barb again, but talk about someone who just got shit shoveled on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yep. Um, I, 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 I started, I started to propose the question and then I kind of realized as I was doing my notes, I answered my own question of, is this closure for Nate? Yes. It, Cause I mean, it literally, are we is. down with Lisa now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, until a, a few episodes at the end, but cause Nate goes, he doesn't feel like it's his fault anymore. I think that that's what it demonstrated to me. Well, I think, I think there's only the, always the sense of like, man, how do I say this? I could have done better for her, mm-hmm. but I forgot who who brought it up when I was having other guests on that like where this happened was when they they go to the art exhibit and they're in that like teep, uh that teepee hut or whatever I don't know if I did that episode I forget with who but that's the episode where Nate and Lisa decide to have a clean slate mm-hmm. and it was like a, a total you know because Nate and Lisa were like we're gonna be friends who yeah. have sex yeah. and who happen to be married yeah they had this clean slate and yeah. if you realize that's what Hoyt was saying that Lisa came to me and said clean slate. And maybe that's why he killed her. He was a yeah, it is why. Because yeah. Lisa said no more. Because that's where. Yeah. But Lisa was so erratic in those first few episodes. Those first, you know, some of those episodes from season three that the erraticness was coming from this. We just we never had any clue or insight into it up until this point. It was mm-hmm. so out of left mm-hmm. field. I just wish they would have played the storyline better. Um, you know, Nate. <laughs> In terms of storyline and writing, Nate fluctuates from the beginning of the episode of not wanting to leave Maya with Brenda to let's get married and have a baby. Yes. Kind of, kind of, so sweet. Huge nitpick with this scene. Okay. Nate comes in 
after, let's say he was... And he has know, blood spatter all over and his And he hugs, hugs his, his daughter. wife and his daughter. I know. I picked up on it too. It was like, gross. Holy Why don't you change shit. that shirt real quick, bro? Uh, I, I guess to close this off before we get to this final montage is... It is... It, while as sloppy and put together that this storyline was... Because like, I think the show would have been great Something the Sopranos does great is there's ambiguity. There's no right or wrong answer. There's a lot of big... I mean, the finale leaves off, just goes to black. We don't know what happened. I know. Happens. We've, we've talked about it a few times, like what happened. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it would have been something great for the show to never know what happened to Lisa. Mm-hmm. But all that considered, if they're going to do it like this, as sloppily, as in bad as they did it, it is great that they, to me while talking about how did Michaela know the mm-hmm, pictures and all mm-hmm. this, that they at least wrapped it up with a bow. Barb saw it. He killed himself. Nate done with the Kimmels. Nate's free. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to go to this final montage, we see that. I think we talked about it. Nate setting up his new room in the Fisher's funeral home. Sad, but that's the reality of his life, his situation. And <laughs> we see where Rico goes next season. Um, Claire bringing Billy home. There's now two Chenowiths sleeping with two Fishers. <laughs> and here's the thing all those four people are good looking Claire's good looking um, Billy I forget Jeremy Sisto what's her name Lauren Ambrose uh, Rachel Griffiths is Brenda Peter Krause is Nate mm-hmm. all good looking people the men too like I'm not they can't find anyone else in Los Angeles <laughs> like, I guess it's just you know I guess everybody's taken fuck you like, there you are know, no brother and sister in brother and sister again brother and sister like fuck find yeah. someone else um, R- Ruth wakes up to find George sleeping in the bomb shelter uh, George has come full close circle to what? What did you diagnose him as? Paranoia, from your WebMD? schizophrenia. Gotcha. WebMD. Thank you. Um, and this is the thing too. I wanted to to bring up that we saw Ruth in this final scene is in a blue dress, blue robe. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And the mother was oops, in a blue dress. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> Well, everybody, well, so we know who that person was. That's his mother, and we find out. We find out later. Why don't you it's just not, give away the end of the show, Victor? Well, <laughs> um, and his final scene, uh, Ruth is wearing a blue dress, so I thought there was a um, kind of cool connection there. Um, uh, how disturbing it must feel to your that your husband feels relegated, that he has to live in a bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know how you deal with that. You know, uh, we get to the point where you can talk about my favorite fucking scene. I love the setting from like, and after all this shit that just happened in this episode, which is heavy, Very you know, heavy. that fucking Hoyt just shot himself, everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, waking up in bed. I just love that. Just even the way it's set up, like Nathaniel has the doors open, just casually smoking while it's like raining yeah. outside. Yeah. Um, Keith, why do I have this here? Keith telling, oh, this way, I'm sorry. I messed up my notes. Keith telling David he's brave mm-hmm. for going to the Jake thing is one thing. Um, to hear it from like your unexpecting, uh, unaccepting father. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that like really helps David. And this is David really talking to himself, you know. Um, I like that he acknowledges that Jake is crazy. Like he just know like, you know, mm-hmm. it was all, all nothing, whatever. Um, on the episode title, Untitled. Um, Nathaniel says you're missing the point that now David is not free. Um, and the David says like, you know, that the point is maybe that there is no point. I just think that some of that, like talking, however you want to call that, mm-hmm. like it's all untitled, you know, the, 
maybe there is a point there's no point pain what does it matter nothing there's like no name to it mm-hmm. i just i don't know I, maybe that's where they got the why i like the the title you know untitled um my favorite quote nathaniel you hang on to your pain like it means something worth something it doesn't it means shit infinite possibilities and all you could do is whine you know you could you could do anything you're lucky bastard you're alive what's a little pain compared to that that's fucking awesome yeah i love i've always loved this this um there's all that uh do you take anything away from that yeah i took actually a lot away from that actually i'm tearing up now because i was such (laughs) I'm sorry. It was a really beautiful scene. I'm not. I'm not saying. I like. Uh, first of all, I'm cross stitching you that for Christmas. Second of all, <laughs> that's too much. Okay, <laughs> full of cross stitch. Um, no, it's just he's right though. Yeah, he's right. I mean, you're alive. When, when David Isn't, says like it can't be that so simple. Yeah, and then Daniel's he like, yes, it is. Well, what if it is? Yeah, and it's crazy just to like put that together. If you could like write it or, or say it like that, yeah. that nice, that beautifully, that what is like your your pain worth your whatever worth you know um do you have a tissue <laughs> i'm sad that was just a be- you know what you know what it go ahead i'm sorry i cut you no off. no go ahead no go ahead. i just thought that i just thought that in my in my i don't know there's times in my adulthood that i just wish that i had my parents alive especially my father that when bad things are happening you know you can like lean on him like he did at the end that's what's making me tear up it was so sweet that his dad was there to yes you know but what I mean? al- okay but also isn't it nice like your friends can tell you they love you and support you your partner can but there's nothing like a parent comforting um, you and telling you it's going to be okay which is what his dad was saying it was beautiful well let me say this i personally disagree with that oh god i'm, I'm in tears and you're disagreeing <laughs> no, 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 with me no 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 no, 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 no. Uh, from a personal standpoint mm-hmm. i don't believe in in getting acceptance from parents if you learn anything about n- new parents mm-hmm. how do i say this um newborn parents how do you call that it wasn't acceptance that i'm talking about what i'm saying comfort. is you come to find out later in life you, mm-hmm. when you're growing up you think your parents know everything and then you kind of find out your yeah. parents are just making it up as they go along sure but I'm, go ahead i'm just saying i personally just victor i don't subscribe to needing a parent uh acceptance but i've it's not acceptance I, it was comfort it comforting was fair enough fair enough it's just having a shoulder to cry on when things are bad totally gonna cut you off because look this is where nate shows up look how creepy she is on that swing See her all the way in the left corner? Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. Beautiful house. Creepy. I think it's beautiful. It's making um, me cry. I just think, but don't forget, mm. this is not really Nathaniel. It's David's that. manifestation. I, I know what that. you're saying. I'm just saying, like, what David's doing is something that you still could do. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's not really Nathaniel. That's really David's manifestation of what he thinks Nathaniel, whatever, would talk to him, whatnot. Um, so it's not like. If Ruth was saying it, it'd be something different because that's like a live parent, whatever. This yeah. is like what David, you know. I just thought it was a beautiful scene. It was. It, it was and great. Sometimes in my adulthood that I just wish, you know, I had a parent to say, oh, God, things are so bad and just hear them say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's I, all. I, it was. It's not acceptance. I'm not disag- it was going to be okay. I'm not disagreeing and with I that notion. And I love that quote where he said, maybe it is yeah. that simple. I'm not disagreeing with that. That, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, you can't. No, you shouldn't be comforted by your parent. I wasn't. I was just... Whatever. We don't have to talk about it. Um, I don't think we get as beautiful a scene until the finale montage. And that finale montage in the yeah. series seven, season five, it's like if, if you ever Google best series finale, Six Feet Under always is in there. Mm-hmm. It sucks that we have 11 episodes to get there. Mm-hmm. But I really, I like the very spiritual side of season five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if I said it on the podcast before. I'll say it again if I haven't. Um, season five and literally what happens to a major character at the end of season five is what prompted me to move from. And it, you know, it's it's kind of cheesy, but it's like it's very inspiring. And whatever, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, to I'm, season. I'm looking forward to this. I want to. I don't know <laughs> the story about you. We'll we'll get there when we talk there. Mm-hmm. Um, that wraps up season four in this episode. Anything else we glossed over? That anything. Let me just think for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Let's all sit in silence at Let's home just, while Natalie thinks. Let me just wipe these tears from my eyes with my coat because you didn't give me Kleenex. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we got... Oh, he just threw a Kleenex box at my face. <laughs> um, I think... You know what? I Here's, here's what I'm going to say. There were a few episodes that we did on season four where I thought, how are we going to talk? How long yeah. can we? Re-? This one really just, this was a great episode. I can see why you like it. It was, it yeah. was, it was done nicely. Um, and it, I'm definitely excited for season five. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we glossed. I mean, the only mm-hmm. thing that I, what did we gloss over? If anything, well, we kind of we kind of skated past the Rico storyline. The Rico storyline was so stuck in mud, yeah, that there was nothing. Yeah. I don't think we glossed over anything. Um, I, I think I think we talked about the David. I'm sorry, the Nate and Hoyt scene. Yeah, um, you know, um, no, I, I think we talked yeah. about everything, and we talked about that final too. scene. I can't, I can't. You know what it is about that final scene between Nathaniel and David? I cannot. I don't have the talent or the intellect mm-hmm. to give my vo- give voice to how i feel about that scene yeah like i i don't i guess i don't have that emotion to drum up to f- mm-hmm. i just i feel it mm-hmm. i can't express it yeah but I, I i i just i love that scene uh having watched it with marissa for the first time she saw that scene and she was that was like one of the first things like just beautiful uh colin llewellyn who's was gonna start a six feet on their podcast but i beat him to the punch when we were, I was like, we were talking about season four, and he's like, oh, my favorite episode, my favorite moment, and we talked about it, and it was the same exact scene. A lot of people, mm-hmm. just like, you know, and I can't put it into words, maybe someone else can. I Please, if 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 you're listening to this, and you have something you feel about that scene that you could say better than uh, me rambling, let me know, because I, I love reading about it. I love like yeah. the, the joy. I love the joy it brings to people, and the same thing with the season five finale, the series finale what that means to people. Am I um, going to be crying a lot at the end of season five? I don't remember. Oh, at the, yes, definitely. Okay. I, think I might cry. <laughs> Management says that we each have to have our own boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> it's in Kleenex my contract. <laughs> I think I might cry during the end of season five. Um, it's, it's really powerful finale. Uh, that being said, this will be the last time we're talking to people for two months. That makes or a me month. sad too. That's going to make me cry too. I yes. cried 12 times today. <laughs> All with you. It's been a long day with Natalie today. <laughs> I've cried 12 times with you today. Oh, we're at 13 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Let me say this. Uh, first, happy holidays to everyone. Happy Thank you holidays. so much for listening. Thank you for commenting on Facebook. Anyone who writes in, uh, thank you so much. It it. Just writing in just to say I like your podcast, I it, it really means so much that people are out there listening to us. Um, so that being said, and since we won't have a podcast in between... Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwan, whatever you celebrate, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. I guess that's what the last thing I'm going to say before you want to say something. I just want to say thank you very much, Victor, for bringing me on as a permanent um, co-host. This has been a very thrilling experience for me, and I appreciate you very much. And to everybody that listens and all the feedback, I'm so glad that everybody's into it. This is a lot of fun to do. It's, thank you for creating this, Victor, and thank you for inviting me. 
Thank you. Yes. You're my best friend. <laughs> I'm going to 14 times now cry. Oh, God. This has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to season five with you. Uh, yes. And I say that to say, whether we take a month or two months off, I don't know yet. The podcast six. is a lot of work. <laughs> or six, six months. months. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to drag. I might split up season five into two halves. It just... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that being said, when we do return, yeah. we will be returning with a podcast on American Beauty. Because I wanted to, to kick us into season five. We do a podcast. Because Al- season... Uh, what did I say? Season Beauty? American Beauty was the sort of the primer for six feet under there's a lot of elements mm-hmm. and i think just think uh, american beauty is a great movie it is a great movie despite uh, yeah, no no, you, no. You i'm not even up. saying that if, if prior to kevin spacey and the controversy and what he did i've always spoken highly about i think america when i watched american beauty i like thought about it for days it was yeah. that intense i love i love american beauty watching that movie. i love american beauty and it wasn't until I started doing this podcast that I put the two and two together. Yeah. That it wasn't until I started until yeah. I realized, oh gosh, that's yeah. the same person. And there's a lot of the same music the elements, col- the same the lighting, the oh, If yeah. you think about like a normal family and how fucked up the family is, it's yeah. the same thing American yeah. Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, the next time you'll be hearing from us, it'll be that podcast. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to anyone that's listening. I always appreciate your feedback. Happy holidays, happy new year, and we will talk to you in twenty eighteen. 2018! What? What? Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. Whatever.